All right, so uh, basically we dive into old TV shows and, uh, you know, just, just for the heck of it, just to see what we can learn about them or just to remember old shows. Sometimes we go in for a specific reason. Sometimes we just jump into a show because for no reason. I got a weird reason for why we're doing Columbo this week. <laughs> Is, uh, you know, I kind of remember Columbo. I know the basics. I know Peter Falk. I know his one eye. It's a little, you know, off looking, a little half closed. I know, oh, just one more thing. But I don't really remember Columbo super well. So I just, you know, it'll be neat to go back. Uh, what's, your, what's your general memories of Columbo? Very formula. Um, you know, he always comes across as being the dumb guy. He's in the rumpled raincoat. Uh, he's not particularly popular with uh, his police cohorts. Does not play by the rules. Uh, but at the end, even though he comes across as being very friendly, congenial, a little on the dumb side, he really isn't. He's absorbing all of this stuff and, of course, uh, solves the case at the end when everybody feels that it's un... They've already convicted somebody else or somebody else is completely responsible. Nobody has faith in Columbo that he will actually resolve the thing at the end, but he always does. Right. <laughs> yeah, kind of like with uh, Perry Mason, how when we looked at Perry Mason, there were... I think in the whole run of Perry Mason, he only didn't, you know, solve the case, I think, three times. But even still, it would be like, even though it appeared he lost the case, something would happen at the end, so he didn't lose the case. I assume it's that way with Columbo. I doubt there's any episodes of Columbo where he fails to solve the, uh, the mystery. And, and Columbo is always picking up little clues along the way that you, the audience, are not aware of. Um, it's only at the end when he finally gives the resolution to the case and he'll say and this 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 and this and you say gee oh yeah if I'd watched that a little more closely I might have seen those too but for the most part they're very obscure and and he's kind of uh, putting you aside so that or, or making you so that you're not aware of them because you're watching him kind of bumble around and be Joe friendly and um, he's he's definitely non-conformist though for so for anybody who who doesn't really buy into conformity. He's the guy. He, he's, he's your man. He's, he's so likable, and he drives around in an old beat-up car, and he talks about his wife uh, uh, in a kind of... He loves her, you can tell, but it's kind of always like derogatory a little bit, like a little woman kind of thing. Uh, but he's always putting you off so that you're paying attention to that, so you're not paying as much attention to the clues as you should. But knowing what the formula is... Yeah, you shouldn't be put off by that. You should try to pick up on the clues, and maybe you can figure it out yourself. But that's actually I've got you know just the the facts of Columbo. I'll go through here in a sec. But uh, I didn't write any of this down. But just now that you mentioned his wife, I'll bring this up here just as I was researching it a bit. Did you know there was a Mrs. Columbo show? Yes, I vaguely remember that. Yes, there was a Mrs. Columbo, and it was some really good-looking young woman who played Mrs. Columbo. Well, uh, that's the thing. I'd never heard of Mrs. Columbo because it obviously was not as uh, you know famous as real Columbo. <laughs> but uh, it turns out it was Kate Mulgrew. Kate, yes, Kate Mulgrew was Mrs. Columbo. That's correct. And the reason I know Kate Mulgrew is because uh, that's when, to me, Star Trek went off the rails. <laughs> because Star Trek had Kirk... Awesome. Picard, awesome. Cisco from Deep Space Nine, you know, the show was yeah. getting weird, but I still think he was pretty awesome. And then she was the captain in Voyager. And 
I had no problem with it being a woman captain. I thought that was cool, but I just didn't like her. And that's when I stopped watching Star Trek was when Voyager came out. But I never thought about, like, who is this lady? Where did she come from? And apparently she was Mrs. Columbo. The other thing about Columbo that is usually part of the formula, too, he starts befriending the guy who actually is guilty right from the beginning. And the guy from the beginning, uh, the, the, the criminal type, always has utter contempt for Columbo, like this bumbling asshole, what does he know about it? And, and of course, the criminal, because he's so arrogant, starts saying things to Columbo that he shouldn't be saying, but he thinks he, he thinks Columbo's just so stupid that he's not going to pick up on any of that stuff. But yeah, Columbo usually zeroes in on the perpetrator very, very quickly and befriends him and is always almost annoyingly so, like interrupting him and going to his house at odd hours of the day and night because he has some little thing to discuss. And the guy is so struck on himself that he always, uh, oh, yes, you know, he's annoyed that Columbo's coming in, but come on in. And then he'll start telling him stuff and showing him stuff. And <laughs> so it's a little different than most uh, than most of those criminal type shows. There's kind of a certain reality to that, too. I mean, it's sort of a cliche of, like, James Bond villains that are like, ha-ha, now that I have you captured, I'll tell you my plan. You know, it's a little bit silly. <laughs> but it's sort of true because there's a lot of of criminals that would have gotten away with it if they had just kept their mouths shut. I think of people like uh, the BTK killer. He just was a, an example of he just, he would have gotten away with it except he kept sending information to the newspapers himself because he liked seeing his crimes be in the newspaper. And he, uh, he sent them some stuff on a diskette. And this was just an example of uh, like, a, like an age gap thing where he was a little too old to really understand the technology. So he didn't realize that there was still information, even though he, he deleted what used to be on the disk, there was still stuff there you could undelete. Like you could retrieve the old info and that's where they found the church that he worked at and that's how they caught him. But if he just had stopped sending the newspapers like, ha ha ha, look what I did. You know, like people want to be recognized yeah. for their genius, evil plans or whatever. And they're so dumb that they don't think that anybody else is going to pick up on that stuff. They're just so superior to everybody else. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you commit a major crime, why do you tell anybody? Are you stupid? That's one of those quotes, too. <laughs> I'll I love. tell you, but don't you tell anybody. Well, come on. And it's and it's never really that clever anyway. In real life, it's not like there's some super genius who's showing up well, on all the TVs. As soon as you say to somebody, don't tell, <laughs> you might as well just go out there and publish it yourself on the front page. I always like to, I like the saying that uh, in fiction, evil is interesting and good is boring. But in real life, it's the reverse. Good people are interesting in real life and evil people, they're just boring. Like if you really do break down murderers and stuff it's like good good for you you beat someone over the head with a big bludgeon like who cares <laughs> who cares you know these like famous killers and you read about them and you're like oh great you you killed some people like it's actually it's boneheaded <laughs> it's not <laughs> whereas in a movie it's like ah more exciting anyway the reason though uh, i decided to do columbo this week because i just you know it's like a, a sign from from the cosmos that told me I should do this is I was listening to a wrestling podcast. This is What Culture Wrestling, where they just review what happened in wrestling this week. And of course, wrestling is like, you know, it's a very dumb show. I like it, but I like it because it's 
very surface level. You know, it, there's no subtext in wrestling. It just is what it is. It's like a superhero thing. It's like whatever. That's what I like about it. So these guys were talking about this scene where a wrestler was being interviewed and down the hall there was someone standing there who's obviously going to be the next person to, that they're going to fight with. And people, wrestling fans, were like, oh, did you see that? That guy's standing down the hall. That's the next fight that's going to happen. So these guys reviewing were like, well, he's standing there. It's not exactly Columbo, is it? Like, it's not hard to figure out. And then the one guy was like, you know, I've never seen Columbo. So let me just play this little clip because it's just this guy explaining to his friend about Columbo. And the other guy's like, I might have to watch Columbo. That sounds great. So, yeah, this was the clip. You know, like how Columbo was brilliant because it wasn't a who done it, it was a why done it. Yeah. You see the murder first. Do you think, like, I don't people, think I've ever seen this Columbo, you know? It's really great. Like, it just obviously plays with the form. It's like Columbo is supposed to be this thick idiot, and that's how the murderer gets gradually fooled into thinking that they can reveal more and more about why they've done it, how they've done it. Because what you see in the first five minutes of Eric Columbo is a perfect murder. Like, nobody's going to solve this. They've given themselves an alibi. They've given themselves an out, blah, blah, blah. And the only person they've got to deal with is this raggedy old detective, this lieutenant that's rubbish, but then he unpicks them because he's a psychological genius, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if now, like, the same people that post... I'm watch Columbo. What a sell. Columbo kicks ass, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like they said basically what you just said, but yeah, it really sums it up. Like, <laughs> I think that's interesting, too, because I don't know if we'll ever do it, but I was thinking of doing one of these about wrestling someday because wrestling is, like, such a... It's weird that smart people like that, like those two guys, dedicated their lives to to discussing wrestling. It's a weird thing. It's like, because it is like just a soap opera for guys. It's such a dumb show, but smart people watch it. I don't know. It's, wrestling's a different, it's a different story. But yeah, just hearing those guys talk about Columbo, I was like, you know, that works for me. Let's do Columbo this week. So... I got the basics about Columbo. Columbo is an American crime drama series starring Peter Falk as Lieutenant Columbo, a homicide detective with the Los Angeles Police Department. After two pilot episodes in 1968 and 1971, the show then aired on ABC from 1971 to 1978, and it was one of the rotating programs of the NBC mystery movie. So that's where I was also surprised, because in my memory, Columbo was only an hour, but it's not. It's an hour and a half. It is like, each episode is like a, a whole movie. They did 10 seasons with 69 episodes, and then Columbo aired less frequently on ABC from 89 to 2003. Uh, the character and the show were created by Richard Levinson and William Link, and they're the people who popularized the inverted detective story format. So that's exactly what you and... The British guys were saying, you see the murder at the start, then the show unravels. So they kind of invented that. And according to TV Guide, the original plan was that a new Columbo episode would air every week, but Peter Falk refused to commit to such a busy schedule because he was getting steady work in motion pictures. So the network arranged for the Columbo segments to only air once a month. So they did this rotating thing. What did they call it? It was called a wheel show where there'd be Columbo and Macmillan and Wife and McLeod. And all of these shows were relatively high quality because they all had extra time. Instead of any of them being every week, they were only every three or four weeks. So there were other examples of this, this wheel show format, but apparently this was kind of, this NBC mystery movie is kind of remembered as the high watermark because every show they did in that, under that name was basically a classic, was a, you know, a good show that they really put work into. And the, the one more thing catchphrase, I love this because uh, it's just an example of how stuff can just, you never know what's going to catch on. You know, it can almost be an accident. 
So the way they came up with his catchphrase, oh, just one more thing. According to Levinson, it was conceived when he and Link were writing the original Columbo script, and we had a scene that was too short, but we'd already had Columbo make his exit. And we were too lazy to retype the scene. Because also back then, no word processors and PCs. Like, you, you had a typewriter. They would have had to, you know, retype, go back a few pages and retype stuff. So they just had him come back in and say, oh, just one more thing. <laughs> it was never planned. And that became, like, the most famous thing about Columbo. That, you know, even if you don't know Columbo, you know that. Uh, the show has been described by the BBC as timeless, remains popular today. So we're going to watch season two, episode one. Do I have the name here? It's called Etude in Black from 1972. And this one, uh, the, I was going to say the villain, <laughs> the criminal, the perpetrator, whatever, is John Cassavetes, who I knew his name as a director. I didn't realize he was an actor before. Oh, yes. He was in quite a lot of stuff in the late 60s and the early 70s. And one thing that those British guys mentioned that I hadn't really thought about, but it's it's absolutely true. When you watch these murders, they are airtight. There are alibis. Uh, the guy should be able to get away, but he's got a big mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like somebody else, a normal, it must be uh, disappointing if you become a detective because you grew up watching Columbo and you just want to do things the Columbo way. I'm sure in real life, yeah, there's no Columbo's. Like, you just got to do the paperwork and do everything properly. And it's probably kind of a boring desk job in yeah. some ways. Yeah, the line or you get fired. I mean, the <laughs> stuff that Columbo does, he, yeah, your average guy who's getting paid by the state, he'd be fired for doing that stuff. So, yeah, if anyone wants to watch along, Columbo Season 2, Episode 1, Etude in Black. I, again, presume this isn't on YouTube, and I apologize ahead of time to anyone who is, uh, <laughs> you know, saying we got some comments on our... Gilligan's Island episode. How come you didn't just play the actual Gilligan pilot? I would have preferred to see the pilot and I could make my own decisions instead of hearing you guys talk about it. It's like, you can't just do that. You can't just put Gilligan's Island and Columbo episodes on YouTube. You know, sometimes you can get away with that, but I'm not going to be the one to risk the copyright strike. So uh, I'm afraid you got to find Columbo on your own. I'm not here to feed you TV shows. I'm just here to feed you my potentially not important opinion about them. <laughs> but okay, Columbo. Season 2, Episode 1, Etude in Black. I suppose it was you. But you're always imagining that I'm leading into beds all the time. Oh, Alex, don't. I love you. Frank, you want to play that again? The concert. So I got to say, I mean, even though, uh, you know, like I said at the start, I don't, I haven't seen Columbo in forever. So I only really remember the broad strokes, you know, the kind of classic stuff everybody remembers about Columbo. But that was a classic ass episode of Columbo, right? <laughs> like that had all of the Columbo stuff, you know? And the killer didn't quite put him down all the time as being really annoying. And he wasn't quite as annoying in this as, as I've seen him in some of the other ones. Right. He was annoying, but not, not as bad as usual. More just persistent in this. Yeah. The flower was the dead giveaway, and I said that right from the beginning. See, that's the thing. When you watch them enough, you start looking for anything you can grab onto that might be the, the clues. And... Uh, so, yeah, there were a few that I picked up on that, but the flower was the key. 
Yeah, I'd say, yeah, like uh, as far as yeah, trying to nail down stuff at the beginning, I think it went pretty well. You got a lot of stuff because even things like the uh, the next door neighbor didn't appear to notice the murderer leaving the house. But then it seemed like the plot was going that she did notice. But you said, like, well, I don't think she did. And then she didn't. Like, that's what's nice about this show. If you pay attention, it does all line up. It all yeah. works. And the man that she said went to the apartment. Well, yes, we knew that because after the murder was discovered... He did go to the apartment, and that must have been when she saw him. But the previous guy, she kept saying it was a man in a tuxedo. But he wasn't wearing it. He was wearing a tuxedo, but he had a, he had a camel hair coat on top of it. And when he left after he did the murder, we saw her playing with her dog, but she didn't turn around and look, and he kind of just faded into the trees. Um, so when she actually said she saw him or the what we presumed was him there i i was surprised because and 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 she didn't see him she didn't see the guy that was the killer she saw the other guy and that was one of those things that's what's neat too is uh i mean generally in a general sense colombo knows what's going on but he doesn't know every detail he can't possibly magically know everything so in a weird way we actually do know more than colombo and that was an example of Columbo thinks he's got him nailed on this one thing, but then these details don't line up and it didn't work. And that's what's nice about it being a whole hour and a half. They really do have time for some swerves. And I also like, because we've watched, uh, you know, these types of shows before, Nero Wolf and uh, some unaired uh, Sherlock Holmes stuff, or even like the uh, Knives Out movie and stuff. And there's different levels to mysteries where they don't like, it, I prefer when you can guess what's happening. Because sometimes the way they're written, you really didn't have any chance. You got to wait till the end for it to be revealed. And then they reveal things that were not disclosed or were so subtle that there's no way you you would ever pick up on those things unless you were like a Columbo or a, a Cracker or somebody like that. Right. So that's what I like a lot about this Columbo formula which, again, it's extra interesting to learn that this is kind of invented by them, by the two guys that made this, is that reverse detective story. Like, because you do see it all at the start. Yeah, you know exactly who the murderer is, why he committed the murder, and how he committed the murder. Yeah, there's no way for them to, to pull... Yeah, because sometimes these writers, they can kind of pull the wool over your eyes or pull a little trick. That... They lead you down one garden path and you absolutely... Every clue leads to, let's say, A... And then in the last minute of the show, it really is B. And then, and there's no way you could have figured that out. <laughs> but this one, no, you know who it is right from the get-go. Yeah, and there's stuff in this, like, so when they're showing the murder at the start, there's definitely things that I'm questioning, questioning the methods of this murder. You know, the main things were the lady, he tried to make it look like a suicide, so she kills herself from the gas in the oven which is already confusing to me because as a Canadian, we don't have gas ovens. We always have electric stoves. So I'm not quite sure how they work, but I was like, I don't know if that's the best suicide method in the world. But even the stuff with the suicide note being typed on a typewriter and that he didn't type it on her typewriter. He typed it ahead of time and brought the paper from a different typewriter. And I just knew, you know, like I'm almost not of the generation to know how typewriters work, but just enough. I remember when I was a pretentious teenager, I had one of your old typewriters, that old green one, and I would type on it and stuff. I knew just enough about typewriters and how they function that I'm like, this, 
this isn't the right way to do this. I know this is wrong, but I didn't know how it was wrong. And now, then, see, I didn't clue into the, in, into the typewriter connection at all until they actually exposed that. that I, no, I didn't pick up on that. Now, the thing with the gas in the oven, oh, my God, there's any number of movies and shows where somebody does themselves in by putting their head in the oven and turning on the gas. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have heard that more as a joke, the head in the oven. Or isn't that, um, what was the depressed poet? Uh, but, but how I tend to hear about it is more uh, carbon monoxide poisoning in your car because yeah, it's well, a small environment. Yeah, small little thing. You're definitely going to do yourself in then. And you sh- oftentimes you'll see on the gas in the oven things where somebody smells gas and breaks in to the room, apartment, whatever, opens up the windows and the person is saved. Right. Whereas in this case, yeah, not only is he, you know, having this lady appear to have gassed herself in this giant palatial house, but also he whacked her in the back of the head with a big heavy ashtray first, and then he tried to play that off like she fell off a stool. I mean, this was not, as far as the murder side goes, not the most watertight murder. Um, Like when he went into the room in the kitchen where he turned on the stove, I wondered why. Why was he taking that chair in there? Well, that was because he was going to make it appear that she fell off the stool. Now, what was she doing on the stool? If she's going to gas herself in the oven. Yeah, I don't know. Sitting daintily. See, so that's was the she going to hang is, herself too? I don't know. Yeah, like I, the Columbo <laughs> side of this was great. And I, I liked how when the John Cassavetes was captured at the end, he, he didn't freak out. He didn't protest his innocence. He just said, good enough, you got me, and he just went along. But I would say the murder side, his, his murder... You know, the way those the British guys from what culture described the watertight perfect murder? This just wasn't that. This was a pretty shoddy murder. <laughs> However, if he had just gone to that apartment, picked that flower up off the floor, put it in his pocket, and left, he, he probably would have got off. Yeah, maybe. But he didn't. He was so vain that he took that flower and insisted on putting it in his lapel right in the presence of all those police officers. <laughs> Well, that's one thing I that think was is, his weakness right there. He was so egotistical that he he never even thought about that. He never, and then he lied and said it had come off his coat. It had come off when he took his coat off, and it had fallen on the floor. And he had just picked it up and he put it back in his lapel. But if he had been smart enough just to pick it up off the floor because he knew it was evidence left behind there and just put it in his pocket. Yeah, one thing that I think is interesting too with this, I always think about this sometimes with like uh, horror movies. You know, people are screaming and running away. I do wonder, in real life, what would a person's reaction be like? Would they really act like they do in horror movies, or are we just regurgitating old horror movies over and over? I wonder that, too, in a case like this, where where uh, the whole time with John Cassavetes' character, I was trying to think of, like, how would you behave if you're trying to lie to a detective? You know, like, I always kind of go by that saying of just tell the truth because it's easier to remember. I'm just not one of these people that likes to lie to people because it's just, it, I feel like it does come off disingenuous. Where when you tell the truth, it's so easy. You can just tell the truth and it just comes out. And whether you're confused or offended or I didn't do it or whatever, it just, it's all natural and it all feels right. Where as soon as you start trying to convince someone of a lie, you know, I feel like it's the kind of thing that little kids do and they think they're going to get away with it. But as an adult, it does mess up your behavior a lot. And I was thinking that the whole time with this guy, like... Like, I think they kind of did do a good job of of a guy who, 
like even just that he when he wasn't totally polite to Columbo and he was a little like hey you're showing up an awful lot in my life Columbo will you please leave me alone I didn't do it even just saying something like that like I didn't do it would you even say that if you were innocent or, or the way John Cassavetes would offer his own opinions on the case well clearly because of this this and this it must have been a suicide case closed like I feel like if you were actually innocent you wouldn't even go down that road <laughs> yes like the other the other character that uh, the Paul character who they were trying who he they were trying to set up he just protested his innocence yeah he wasn't trying uh-huh. to second he wasn't, guess and he wasn't he wasn't offering other information like I know who the bo- new boyfriend was and um, he must have killed her you know he, he didn't offer anything up like that he just said there was a new boyfriend and that he still could see her on the side when she wanted it that way that was all he said. Yeah, like if you're innocent, you just kind of, you know, obviously sometimes innocent people do get arrested, but you just kind of presume that the very fact that you're innocent will make everything work out okay. Where when you're not innocent, yeah, there's like that Protest little extra. too much yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. You got to push a little too far because that was extra funny when you're talking to the genius detective, but he's kind of like, well... Like Columbo was saying, well, well, you seem to have it all figured out. You tell me how it is. You tell me what happened. And then Cassavetes is like, well, I guess this, this, and this happened. And Columbo's like, yep, I guess so, right? See you tomorrow. (laughs) See, see, and that's that formula of most of the Columbo shows, that the killer is so egotistical that he will offer up solutions because he knows more than the police. He knows more than everybody. He's smarter than everybody. He committed the perfect crime. He'll get away. And yet it's usually something stupid that nabs them in the end. I liked, too, when, uh, when the, the tide kind of turned where, where Columbo was much more directly accusing him, too. Like, the first big one was, the oh, just one more thing. I kind of presumed, whenever he did that, my memories of seeing those scenes were, he says, oh, just one more thing, and then comes back with a piece of evidence that is very uncomfortable. In this case, though, he just said, oh, by the way, just one more thing. I've already told people at the precinct I think this is a murder. And, uh, yeah, just so you know, that's why I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> it's like you basically just said, hey, you're fucked, guy. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, at the end when uh, Cassavetes is like, are you really going to try to pin this murder on me because of my boutonniere? <laughs> and Columbo just goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like... That just really cracked me up of just like no more dancing around. Like you need to explain this right now because there's no more me coming back tomorrow. This is more than enough if you don't figure this out. So yeah. I guess we didn't really explain necessarily the whole plot of what happened, but you know, hey, whatever. It's it's the Columbo episode. If you didn't watch it, I think this our comments probably still are uh, applicable to Columbo in general, but you can probably watch any one of them without watching this one specifically. Although this one was excellent, they're all excellent though. But you can probably watch any one of those Columbos, and you'll see that formula unfold as as to how this one unfolded. Perfect crime, annoying detective <laughs> just hounding you and hounding you, and uh, you start giving him more than he needs to know, and and usually something stupid will be the thing that gets you. It also makes sense, too, when I read that, uh, you know, the major Columbo episodes ran for about 10 years, but then they intermittently kept being on TV all the way up till 2003, because those are definitely the ones I saw more, are the later ones, which makes sense, obviously. That's when I was watching TV. 
because I kept thinking while watching this, like, look how young Columbo is. I've never seen Columbo that young in my life. <laughs> so it's kind of like when we watched Perry Mason and we realized that we were both thinking of the same Perry Mason character and the same actor, but I saw him in the 80s and you saw him in the 60s. In the 60s, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it's not quite that severe with Columbo, but I definitely never saw this era of Columbo. All the ones I saw where he was much older, a lot more salt and pepper in the hair, as they say. But still the wrinkled raincoat. Yep. <laughs> and that same car. And I guess, yeah, one of the differences definitely of this era is uh, I'm sure he smoked up to the bitter end, but not only was he smoking in literally every scene, everyone else was smoking too. And just every place he goes, hey, is all right if I smoke? And they, of course, go, oh, yeah, sure. why wouldn't it be? <laughs> Are you Two kidding? Or three people at all at one time all smoking on the set. <laughs> yeah. Crime scene, don't worry about it. You know, yeah, it's a little smoky now. It's fine. And uh, so this is not exactly related to Columbo, really just to John Cassavetes, but I just saw this anecdote about him and I just thought this was interesting, that Cassavetes was invited to audition at the actor's studio. He and his friend Burt Lane devised a prank. They claimed to be performing a scene from a recent stage production, but in fact they improvised a performance on the spot, fooling the instructor Lee Strasberg, and then to double down on it, Cassavetes then fabricated a story about his financial troubles prompting Strasberg to offer him a full scholarship to the studio, but Cassavetes rejected it because he felt that if his, this guy, Lee Strasberg, the teacher, if he didn't realize that they made up that scene and that he was lying about, like he just outacted him twice. <laughs> he was like, why would I accept you as a teacher? You can't even tell when I'm acting. That's how much better I am at acting <laughs> than this, you know, this whole institution. Lee Strasberg, very, very, very famous director. Yeah, I don't remember the the details anymore of that. Just there's something about uh, that, I guess, Lee Strasberg, it's like he invented method acting, I think, and Cassavetes yeah. thought that was a load of hooey. I don't know a lot about Lee Strasberg except the name, and uh, he's, uh, yeah, big name. Yeah, I was thinking too with, I mean, I don't know any of Cassavetes' stuff. I just know he's a famous director. I just know of him. But I just reading about him, it's like, I think I should check out some of his stuff. I think I might like it because he, he apparently was instrumental in uh, not over-the-top acting, you know, like uh, subdued acting, <laughs> you know. Well, and, and you can see that in this Columbo episode. He's, he is quite subdued for a killer type, because usually they're like uh, real obnoxious. They're, they're, they're as obnoxious as, uh, as Columbo ever thought of being. Yeah, and even just, just acting in general, it's that joke from like SNL, acting, <laughs> you know, like sometimes like with acting and stuff, I try to, uh, I find stuff makes more sense sometimes if you pretend all the characters are drunk because in real life, people just don't act like this. They don't, they're, you know, they're, they're so over the top. Most actors, I would say, are not, not naturalistic, I guess. So yeah, I guess Cassavetes, he was, he was known for that. And that's what I like. I like when you, let's, let's calm it down. Let's make yeah. everything. And, and I got to <laughs> say, he, he, his part that he played was not in your face. I am right. He, he was rather subtle in this. Excellent. He, 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 excellent. Excellent job. Excellent acting. Good yep. show.